brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. Suds, suds, suds. It's time for more suds. Hello, everyone, and welcome to where everything good in life is worth talking about. And what are we talking about today? Beer. Yay. Yay. Here we go. (laughs) This Mm. is good old gal, Juliana. And joining me today at this fine table are my co-hosts, good old boy, Dave. Hey, everybody. Wow, that was quick. I was very professional. You it threw you off. It did throw me off. <laughs> and the illustrious Reverend Mark. Hi, y'all. Hello. And of course, Kendall. How As are you? Always happy to be here. Cool. Our sud segments are all about beer, 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 and more beer. Today's show is a brewery takeover. Jackie O's is a brewery and brew pub in lovely Athens, Ohio. If you haven't been through Athens, I highly recommend visiting. It's a nice town. The beers we'll discuss today are Woodya Honey Wheat Wine, Oil of Aphrodite American Double Stout in a Rum Barrel, also Oil of Aphrodite American Double Stout from a Sherry Barrel, Mystic Mama IPA, Raz Wheat, Dark Apparition Russian Imperial Stout, Black Maple American Porter, Brick Kiln Barley Wine, Bourbon Barrel Brick Kiln (laughs) Barley Wine, and Chomo Lugma Honey Nut Brown Ale. Not sure I pronounced that right, but it's as close as I can get. I think that was as (laughs) good as anyone's going to pronounce that. If you tried any harder, you'd be a Pentecostal. (laughs) 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 Ain't that the truth? Wow, that is... Quite a list. We've already got the Methodist taking a swipe at the Pentecostals. <laughs> hey, now. And we're all together on this trip. And we have only just started drinking. Uh, thanks, Kendall. You better take a sip of beer and catch your breath on that one. <laughs> sure thing. Hey, Reverend Mark. Why don't you read off the Suds ratings today? Oh, can I do that? Thank you very much. All right. The number one Suds rating, which doesn't mean it is good. It means it is not so good. (laughs) The first one is, that sucks. Give me anything but a bud. Second rating, number two, was that a belch? Number three, ah, what a relief. Number four. A body should really not make that sound. And number five. Listen to that hang time. Give me another. Well done, Reverend Mark. Thank you, thank you, thank mm-hmm. you. So, Dave has been asking for more responsibility here lately. Hmm. And... and <laughs> And it involves doing prep for the show. So we assigned him the very important task of gathering some background information on Jackie O's. Hey, Dave, tell us what you found. Well, um... Wait a second. 
you did get some background on them, didn't you? Well, I went to their website, but there wasn't like a bio page or about us or anything like that. Uh, did you try to contact the brewery? They usually have marketing folks who can help, who can send you the information. You can do that? Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez, Dave. <laughs> you didn't find anything about the brewery at all? Like, what were you doing on the computer all that time? Hey, 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 wait. Yeah, you, 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 you sure you want to know the answer to that? <laughs> okay, well, I was doing prep work, and uh-huh. I did find out some important things. Um, I found out that, for instance, they started as a brew pub, uh, which is still open. Uh, then they added a production brewery in 2013, and uh, they have a tap room. Um, they do a lot of bottling and barrel aging, canning, different things at the production brewery. Um, they had a kitchen fire at the tap room in 2014, and they're still trying to fix it. Um, I also found out that they're very into sustainability. They have their own farm called uh, Barrel Ridge Farms, where they grow a lot of ingredients for their beer and their food. And they even um, use their spent grains from their beers in their pizza doughs and breads uh, that they sell at the, uh, the brew pub and the tap room and uh, at different places around town, like the farmer's market. Wow, that, that's actually some good information, Dave. Damn straight. Now who's the idiot? <laughs> oh, still me. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty much. much. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get to some beer, because after all, that's what we're here for, right? I came for the abuse. <laughs> we can provide that. Yeah, yes. we we got plenty of our. Just hold on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right, first up is good old boy Kendall um, with his top picks from the flight. Okay, my favorite beer um out of the whole flight was the oil of aphrodite american double stout in the sherry barrel it's a beautiful dark beer there's the you pick up the sherry notes Mm. in the nose Uh, i got a little nuttiness chocolatey fruit flavor and it all mixes together really well Um, there's a little bit of roast and bitterness Mm -hmm. um, somewhere in the middle that fades and it's just it's very layered it's very complex do you pick up Specific cher- uh, sherry, not cherry, sherry notes? or Yeah, there's sherry notes, especially in the aroma, but also I, I get it kind of through the middle. Yeah. And then it just fades into a nice, uh, not terribly sweet beer, but there is a little residual sweetness there. Very cool. And How did giving that one a Suds rating of five. Just for those that want to know, on Oil of Aphrodite is their American Double Stout with an EBV of 10%. Mm-hmm. It is an American Double Stout brewed with Integration Acres Black Walnuts and Belgian Candy Syrup. English, German, American, and Belgian malts are accompanied by Pacific Northwest hops to create a sweet and rich springboard for deep nuttiness. Layer this beer down for a while and share with friends and loved ones. And I have a walnut allergy, and it did not kill me. Yet. Yeah. Oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> There's that abuse. <laughs> Kendall, what's your number two pick? Um, well, I've kind of got a 1B. Uh, 
Are you turn into Juliana now. Yes, you know I do that from time to time because I, I want to give a mention to the rum barrel aged oil of Aphrodite. Um, although it was the same base beer, I felt like it, it was very different. Uh, I got a lot of uh, sweetness uh, from the rum barrel, and as it warms up, it's really getting good. And I think it's it's close to rivaling um, wow. the sherry barrel one. So I'm getting a little, you know, sweetness, chocolate, and the chocolatey bitterness out of it, um, and just again that that sweetness. I'm guessing it's from that Belgian candy sugar that's in there. I didn't yeah. realize that was in there. You just, you know, it stays with you, and it's a really good beer. And I would, I would give that one a four. Four. Uh, yeah, Bobby should really not make that sound. And what's your number three? Pick? My number, th- uh, well, that was number one B. So now I'm up to two. Oh, <laughs> you are still doing. Two. We're gonna be okay. here. We're gonna be here a while. I guess we will be here a while. <laughs> so my number two pick is the uh, Dark Apparition. Uh, really enjoy. Oh yeah. Uh, just so many great flavors in that beer. It's got a very roasty character. I'm getting some chocolate, some coffee, and I'm thinking this would be a a really nice, uh, you know, beer. Uh, for a lot of occasions, uh, that richness would, would pair well with a lot of foods. Um, it's smooth. It's really, really smooth. And for a 10.5 beer, um, uh, it's scary. It's hard to do. Yeah, it was, yeah. It's just deceptive in some mm-hmm. ways. Absolutely. JB, what's the uh, commercial description on that one? Well, of course, we said it is 10.5%. Uh, Russian Imperial Stouts are one of brewmaster Brad Clark's favorite styles of beer, and, well, me too, for that matter. And Dark Apparition is, without a doubt, his favorite beer to brew. We stuff 2,200 pounds of malt into our 20-barrel mash tun, and by the end of the mash, dark malts are spilling onto the brew house floor. I wouldn't want to pick up that afterwards. Mm, yeah. um, Brad includes great flavors he admires in his favorite Russian Imperial Stouts like chocolate, coffee, roast, dark fruit, caramel, and some nice earthy, spicy hop character. With a midnight black color and chewy, dexterous body, Dark Apparition is a huge beer with tons of character. Nice. What was your uh, suds rating on that, Kendall? Give that a suds rating of four. And I agree it has a ton of character. The one thing... Why did she really not make that sound? Yeah. But the one thing I, I... I didn't think it was a very big Russian Imperial style. No. no. Um, I did not get that. There was not that kind of... More, a little more thickness. It seemed, it seemed right. a little yeah. thin for a Russian Imperial, and yep. Yep. a great beer, wonderful flavor. I really enjoyed it, but I would call it a double black ale. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think the the smoothness where you don't get the alcohol warmth actually kind of detracted from it being a Russian Imperial Stout mm-hmm. as well. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it failed to stain my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> actually, it, it didn't. Oh no. <laughs> 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 so, um, great beer, um, and I'm, I'd be curious to try other ver- varieties of this. I know they've done several barrel aging projects with this beer, but um, really enjoyable. My uh, number three beer. Oh, yeah, no, I was going to say. to say, Juliana? Nope, I was going to say, what is your number three pick? Okay, my number three pick. <laughs> three-ish. Is the uh, Black Maple, which is an, ah. um, it's called an American Porter, but at you know 9.4%, that's a really big American. Imperial American, American uh, Porter. Double Porter. Mm, yeah. Uh, maybe even bigger than a robust, but um, this was a great breakfast beer. 
Uh, the maple in that really came out to me. Um, the sweet, dark sugars you get from the maple syrup, and it's got that maple sweetness that lingers. And I just found out that it was very tasty, and Could I would you, uh, love to pair this with uh, some bacon, eggs, and a stack of pancakes. Pour that on your pancakes. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. Mm. It, it would Put those, my order in now. Yeah, you definitely have to take a nap after that breakfast. <laughs> oh, could you imagine, like, just, um, you know, I hate to say boiling it down, but, like, if it was boiled down-ish into, like, a nice Make syrup. Make it a syrup? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you can do that. That'd be yummy. Okay, sorry. You might blow your mind. What was your uh, suds rating on the black maple? The suds rating on a black maple is a four. Right. Body should really not make that sound. What was the uh, commercial description on that one? Pretty much exactly what Kendall said. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's actually the one we couldn't find a commercial description, uh, description for, so we made one up, which is Imperial <laughs> American Stout brewed with maple. Is so. that what you were doing on the Ouija board? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> that was the other thing I was doing on the computer that whole time. <laughs> kept it clean and professional, everybody, just so you know. <laughs> Okay, up next is Reverend Mark. What's your first pick? Okay, well, I'll have to say, start out on the top, work my way down. Um, <laughs> Settle in, folks. <laughs> <laughs> my number one pick, and I'm kind of on a on a parallel course here with uh, Kendall. Uh, my my top pick it was the Black Maple. Ah, yeah, the one we've just been talking about. So we don't have to really give you a commercial description of this a second time. Even if we had one. Even if we had one, yeah. But, you know, I found this to be, you know, I mean, very rich, very layered. Um, You you definitely got a little tinge of that maple syrup in there, but it wasn't uh, in any way off-putting. It's just right there, but uh, kind of in the background. Is I maple syrup ever off-putting? No, no, I guess not. No, it's the not friendliest it's, of yeah. all syrups. Yeah, yeah. and if it's real maple syrup, um, I found that interestingly, and this is like a very high gravity beer. Of course, it's Imperial Porter. It was both a quaffing and a savoring beer. Oh, now, quaffing! Yeah, mm. it's a quaffing beer. You know, if you you know would desire to use it as uh, an anesthetic, but. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) If you have insomnia, grab a couple bottles of this and you're good to go. But it's, you know, most I would recommend as a savoring beer that uh, you just want to enjoy for an hour or more. Seriously, a a pint of this would just go down so easy. Yeah. And yet it's big. And so I just found that to be a very interesting sort of beer in that regard, that it was... It was formidable, and yet it was easy to drink. Well, I think it's like um, like Kendall was talking about with the with the rum barrel Aphrodite. A lot of these beers, you want to take your time with them and let them warm up and let them come up to temp, because then you know you may not enjoy it that much at first because some of the flavors are being sort of condensed or hidden uh, with the cold. But once once those molecules start moving around and getting all friendly 
Um, you never know what kind of flavors are really going to come out, and and that's when big beers really start to shine for me. This yeah. is definitely one to savor, as, as Reverend Mark said. Take your time with it. Over the what hour or so I've had it out and let it warm up, uh, really is getting a little more complex and flavorful. Yeah, because there's there's so many things going on with it, but uh, absolutely. So, Reverend Mark, what was your uh, suds rating for Black Maple Imperial Porter? This one, without a doubt, is a five. Ooh. All right. Listen to that hang time. Give me another. What's your number two pick? Okay. I'm going to follow Kendall's lead, and I'll have a, a, one, a one B. A, a one B. B. Okay. Yeah, that was my so one that A. that was one A. We know so what one my, B. So my one B is actually, would you, honey? Um, um, you know. And and part of it is because I'm also involved in my own little sort of small scale projects at the house, and uh, this is a a wheat wine that um, you know has been barrel aged, and um, it's a really strong eleven percent uh, wheat ale, and uh, I found it to be really very much a kind of a benchmark that I'm now looking to because I'm interestingly working on a similar project right now with a wheat wine of my own so i just thought if i can make what i'm doing turn out to be anything close to this i will be very very happy so i if found you that bring me some yeah. of what you make i will be very happy <laughs> yes i would definitely will so i found that it was a, a really good wheat wine that collaborated well with the the bourbon barrel uh you know, wheat is tends to be more of a neutral kind of a grain, yeah. and yet it was a lot of wheat and uh, high gravity. And I found that it was really uh, capable of extracting in proper amounts the spice and the vanilla and even a little bit of licorice in there. So for me at least, I have to give a shout-out to it as sort of a parallel to my first pick, although this time I will give it a four. Ah, four. Listen to that hang time. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with some more beer notes. Welcome back, ladies and gents, and Reverend Mark. Now that we have done your 1A and your 1B, what is your number two pick? Or okay. 2A. Uh, no, no, we'll go two and three now. <laughs> but I'll have to say that we're like, for whatever reason, we're on the same page already just starting out with this show today. Uh, my second pick is the Oil of Aphrodite in Sherry, in sherry Barrels. Ah, very okay. cool. Uh, you know, the, the base beer being a double stout, you know, with black walnuts, which I sort of detected, but since, you know, I didn't go into an anaphylactic shock or anything, I'm right. not sure if they're really there. Uh, but, uh, I'll, as it warms up, I may pick it, pick up on that a little bit more. Um, it's interesting as I looked at the sort of the parameters, the style parameters, what, what, you know, what what all the, the grist was about and what was put into this beer, uh, it struck me that this is sort of the quintessence of the hybrid craftsmanship that we're seeing going on right now. Hmm. That is, you know, there were 
English, German, American, and Belgian malts in this grist. They were using Belgian candy sugar, and yet it's called an American, uh, you know, double stout. Um, and then Pacific uh, uh, Northwestern hops. Uh, so I found like, you know, it's, when I see beers like this, I think, well, one of two things. It sometimes works. It sometimes produces a Frankenstein beer. But uh, <laughs> but in this case, it really, really worked. It was very nice. And, uh, you know, for me at least, I think the uh, aging of it in the sherry barrel, uh, and I completely agree with Kendall that the rum barrel was good. But, uh, but to me at least, the sherry barrel really gave it a soft, sweet, uh, boozy but not over alcoholic uh, kind of uh, aftertaste. So, uh, for me at least, that's my number two. Yeah, and I will give it gladly a four. Four. Uh, Listen to that. Whatever. Hang time. No, no. Sorry, no. A body should really not make that sound. Sorry about that, folks. I mislabeled it. <laughs> Here I was doing so well. <laughs> Reverend Mark, what's your last pick? Okay, my last pick, and I guess maybe I move it to three because this was sort of my pedestrian beer category of that sort of the everyday beer that you can go to. The 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 others that we have mostly described until now are like you know very special end of the day seasonal type beers, but this one I really liked and I think I could enjoy it on a daily basis. Um, is the Mystic Mama. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, wow. really liked it. Yeah. Um, it Just because it was a very good basic IPA. Now, it's 7% alcohol by volume, which is, you know, kind of between an IPA and a double IPA, but yeah. it's still an IPA, clearly. They say it's 130 IBUs, but I, you know, raise the question for the thousandth time. Can you really uh, register anything that's above 100 IBUs? I don't know. Maybe if you're Mystic you can uh, maybe but, <laughs> maybe we need that Ouija board we do we do we do uh, but th- it was a really good West Coast style beer and that it had that grapefruit tangerine yeah you know just really really strong good hot presence and so you know I just thought in terms of all the different beers and all these beers by the way were excellent I wouldn't give any of the beers that we we sampled today anything you know below a three and probably Many wouldn't even be there. Uh, but this one, at least, I thought was for, like, my everyday award beer. This mm-hmm. was the one of the flight that we sampled that I think I thought was very, very excellent. So I will also give this one a four. A four. Remember what that is? No, but I'm going to read it. A body should really not make that sound. So, JB, give us the uh, commercial description on Mystic Mama IPA. Sure. Um, it is 7%, and like Reverend Mark said, it is a whopping 130 IBUs-ish, <laughs> let's say. Um, our West Coast-inspired India Pale Ale offers lots of flavor and aroma without overpowering the senses. A complex blend of five hops lends a firm bitterness to the notes of grapefruit, tangerine, and pine. A big dry hop addition of Citra and Simcoe mm. hops give Mystic Mama a nose to stand up to the flavor. Very cool. And that it does. So I was going to ask, you know, you guys, 
the you know we we were doing ten beers uh, from Jackie O's, and I would say what um, uh, seven of them are probably eight. 10% or more, you know, right. they're Imperial, big, and they're all dark, big, mm-hmm. dark beers. Do you think sometimes when we do these flights, um, and, it, and it's good in one way because you get a broad view of the different kinds of beers they do. You know, they've got the the, the Raz Wheat and the, the Choco whatever thing, and then the, um, and the Mystic Mama are a little more, like you said, a little more pedestrian. So you get a broad view of the kind of stuff they can do, but sometimes in a flight, maybe beers like that kind of, um, they suffer from being maybe a little more regular and you're drinking these big beers that kind of take over your palate. I mean, do you guys think there might be something to that, that sometimes we, we might even rate beers lower because they're a little more plain um, even though they're they might be delicious, but in comparison to the big beers, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that's a tendency, and especially as you know these boutique beers, these cellar aged beers, our sour beer, you know, phenomenon that continues to expand. You know, we kind of gravitate towards the most complex, the big beers, but I think also uh, at least a benefit of having gone through the BJCP judging. Uh, you know, sort of uh, curriculum, is that when I'm when I'm judging a flight of beers, even if it's just kind of tasting it, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm also asking myself: Is this how does this align with that particular style? You know, right? And and like, okay, so this is just an IPA, but it's still an like a very very good IPA. So that's why I, I mentioned it. So that the big stuff doesn't completely overshadow the other good products that they're putting out. Yeah, and I think I kind of messed up because I started with some of the bigger beers and then drank the lighter beers at the end. I probably should have started with the Raz Weed and the Mystic Mama, but yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I started with the lighter ones, and I really did enjoy that IPA. If I could have a fourth pick, it'd probably be the IPA. It was a very well-done beer. It was the second one I had. You did have a fourth pick. (laughs) no well this would have been five yeah uh but i know i was probably overwhelmed i i um as i worked through the beers and hit those big dark barrel aged beers they made my mouth very happy and i I just kind of tended to forget about how good that ipa was that i tasted early on right right what about you jb um pretty much the same i went with the lighter stuff first and then i took little quick sips of the heavier stuff and then I let them breathe a bit and then went back to them. And even now is once you get to me, I I've changed my mind now like three times because no, <laughs> no because as they're opening up, you're, you're getting yeah. flavors that you didn't have before. And yes. so what you thought was a little limited um, is now expanding and it's really cool, but I'll get into that later. It's okay. your turn. Yay, Yay. The best part of the show. Here we go. Dave's time. <laughs> So now we'll find out what you were doing on the computer. You were probably right the first time, Mark. You don't want to know. (laughs) Um, No, actually, so my top three picks, I think you guys have already pretty much talked about them. So I'm just going to – I'm not even going to look at notes because I don't take good notes anyways. 
But uh, I'm going to start with the one that I thought was my favorite out of the flight, and that is the uh, Would You Honey, oh, uh, the wheat wine. All right. Yay. And, like, I don't think I've had a lot of wheat wines. I don't know that there are a ton of people making wheat wines. Um, I think they should. Uh, I think wheat lends itself very well to to barrel aging, like Mark said, and it's a little more neutral flavored. and And even when you make a big wheat beer, like a wheat wine, I think you can really manipulate those flavors very well. Um, kind of like you know, wheat whiskeys even um, are the same way. You know, you really get to play with. You get a nice palate to play with on that um and i felt like the would you honey it it lended itself to the barrel aging very well and and they sort of complemented each other and it it turned out Mm -hmm. to be a really really good enjoyable beer it's not something i don't think you could you know you couldn't have a session with it obviously as big as it is but it's definitely something that i would seek out and drink uh often and i gave uh the would you honey a, uh, hold on a second. I got to make sure I know what the rating is. Okay. I gave it a five. Yay. Listen to that hang time. Give me another. Oh, I was going to say That's cool. yeah, Thanks for picking that up for me. Yeah, man. No worries. All right. Where were you 30 minutes ago? Um, anywho. <laughs> for my second beer, and I don't, I don't have a 1A and 1B. Because I stick to the rules. Um, <laughs> my second one is the bourbon uh, barrel brick kiln barley wine. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're the first to mention that. So, curious to hear what you think. Ooh. Okay. Julie, what is the uh, commercial on the brick kiln? I don't think we have a commercial on specific b- bourbon barrel. But whatever she says about brick kiln, add the word barrel age to it and you've got it. Okay, so it is an American barley wine at uh, 10.5%. Starting in the 1800s, the brick industry was a large part of the economic development of southeastern Ohio for nearly 100 years. The brick kilns of Athens Brick Company, whose bricks can still see you can still see lining the sidewalks in Athens, once stood just down the street from their production facility. So, the brick kiln barley wine style ale is brewed in the English tradition. A deep mahogany hue is accompanied by rich caramel and raisin notes. Light herbal jabs from European noble hops round out this warming brew. And that's it. That's exactly what my tasting notes said, too. That is so weird. Even about the bricks and downtown bricks and yeah. Bricks and jabs. Oh, and wow. That's, that's the two words I remember. You, you yeah. are telepathic. Yes. I'm something. Something that ends with pathic. <clears throat> no, but um, the, the, the big thing that came out to me was the, the warmth of this beer and the, uh, the little bits of vanilla that come from the barrel. So I tried this one before I tried the regular uh, brick kiln. I was not as big a fan of the regular brick kiln, um, and I think it was the barrel aging that actually um, added a lot of depth and roundness to the flavor of this beer. Now, the the regular one got better, like a lot of these beers do, as it warmed up. It definitely did, and it, it opened up quite a bit. But I do still think that the, uh, the barrel version of it uh, had a lot more complexity um, and... and 
at the same time was a lot smoother and more well-rounded. And I gave this beer a four. Uh, Ooh, uh, the body should really not make that sound. It should not. Absolutely. So. What's your last pick? Well, since you asked so nicely. Um, what is my last pick? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I got it now. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, we talked about this one. I think Mark and Kendall both talked about this beer. And we all said very nice things about it. And we loved it and thought it was great, but we don't think it's what it says it is on the label. So, if anyone from Jackie O's is listening, uh, Dark Apparition uh, is not a Russian Imperial Stout. Please relabel it, change all of your typesetting on the labels and all your propaganda and paraphernalia, and please list it as, would you say, Kendall? Uh, I called it a double black ale. Yeah, I like that. I say I like that even better. You know, why do we have to yeah. involve the Russians and everything? You yeah. know, they're Especially not our, these days. Yeah. Really? Sorry. Not American Russians, but like <laughs> Russian Russians. You know. You know. Putin's not your friend. Just remember that. Right? <laughs> he's not paying your mortgage. He's so, not? No, he's not. He's not even paying his. Um, but this beer is really big. I didn't get... Some of the other folks got some... You know, um, some bitterness and, and a little bit of, uh, you know, some some different things from some herbs and spices. You know, the secret herbs and spices. I think there's 12. <laughs> or that might be something else from another state. Um, I, either I way. Think that's You're thinking about A1 else. steak sauce. <laughs> oh, I think I was thinking about KFC. <laughs> I'm kind of hungry. Wow. <laughs> Where was I, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. So dark. Uh, Dark apparition. apparition. Dark apparition. Yes, it's uh, it's a big beer. Um, I think there's some alcohol in it, and I like it because it makes me feel warm in my face. Um, <laughs> and it tastes really good. It's got a lot of um, a lot of roastiness, some chocolate, some caramel, um, other things that would also go well in a candy bar. Why do I keep talking about food? Oh yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> so, anyways, I gave. Dark Apparition as a beer. Okay, I'm going to do two different ratings now. As a beer, I'm giving it a four. Body should not make that noise, but okay. As a Russian Imperial Stout, I'm only going to give it a three. Whatever that thing is. Oh, what a relief. Yeah, what a relief. It's still good, but it's just not a good... So we can do double ratings now. Well, if you can pick 1A and 1B, I can do a double rating. (laughs) Great beer, but not true to style. Bam. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, it seems that, you know, we're going to talk about the same ones that we talked about before. What are your picks, Julie? Why, thanks for asking. Um... And the interesting thing is, is that, you know, I had my list, but then everything really warmed up and then I got into complete turmoil over it. Um, but the first one that I want to talk about is the Woodja Honey Wheat Wine. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I liked it in the beginning. Um, and 
you know, wheat wines, you don't see a lot of them on the shelves, and it intrigued me because this is something that I do want to brew at some point. Um, it's in my bucket list. But as it warmed up, the honey flavor on it was, just became, it, it opened up, and it, for me, like honey is one of my favorite things to use in brewing, but a lot of times it gets muddled by other things that are going on in the beer. So you don't get a good true honey flavor, but in this one you really do. Mm. And it's it's clean and it's smooth and even as it's warmed up, it's it's almost gotten a little thicker in viscosity to me than when it was first poured. Um but this one I really enjoy and I gave this one a five. Five. All right. Listen to that hang time. Give me another. Hey, real quick. So I know we're all home brewers here, and we, I'm pretty sure all or most of us have brewed with honey. Um, what are some of your favorite types of honey to brew with? Because that can have a really big swing on a beer too. Sure. Yeah. Well, I I would say that <clears throat> my top pick, but it's very hard to come by these days, uh, is Tupelo. Yeah, and that's out of Florida, the Weewahitchka area uh, in the uh, Apalachicola River. Uh, second one would be sourwood, oh, which you get in the Carolinas. I love sourwood, but uh, most of the time I'm I'm kind of hanging with uh, wildflower honey, just yeah. whatever I get locally. That's mostly what you can get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you, Kendall? I've never actually brewed with honey. Really, it sounds intriguing. I should yeah. try sometime. Yeah. We've, uh, Julie and I have used um, sourwood. We've used the wildflower. We've used Scottish heather honey, um, which has its, it definitely has its own particular uh, flavors and so, uh, aromas. Did you buy that from a girl named Scottish Heather? Uh, well, she was a Scottish girl. Okay. <laughs> um, and well, she was wearing a kilt, anyways. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of a weird deal. Well, that's a story for another day. Yeah, and I just I just brewed a um, a honey rye IPA and oh, just nice. used local wildflower honey. Yeah, so, cool. yeah. Mo- I'd say eight out of ten times when I'm brewing with honey, it's I just get what's local and go with it and go with that. Yeah, yeah. I used orange blossom honey once, and that mm-hmm. it did actually have a distinct kind of a citrusy kind of orange flavor to it. And then cool. there's my absolute favorite, the buckwheat honey. Oh, yeah. That's local. Otay. Otay buckwheat. <laughs> That's local to my area that I grew up in, and um, it's it's very dark. It's it's almost like molasses, but it's got, it's got a really interesting sweetness, and um, in some darker beers, it really holds up, and it's quite yummy. Noish. Yeah. What's your second beer, Julie? Well, actually... Anna? Honey. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take a brief break. Okay. And we'll be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gents. Okay, so we're talking about the beers that I like. And sadly, I'm going to pull a Mark and a Kendall on this one. We'll call it a Mendel. Yeah, we're gonna, I'm going to pull a Mendel. Oh. Why not Kark? 
<laughs> that sounds filthy. <laughs> so for my second pick, um, I'm going with a 2A and a 2B. Okay, because I like them both for slightly different reasons. Um, the first one is the Oil of Aphrodite Sherry Cask. Mm. Yeah. Mm, yep. Cool. Um, this one was beautiful to start with and became even more beautiful as it opened up. Um, what I thought was really nice about it is that the sherry notes in it, um, again, help. Like once they opened up, it, it kind of turned the the tongue feel to a little bit more viscous mm. um which i thought was really interesting because i thought it would be just plain old viscous from the beginning um but you could tell that it's a really it's a heavy beer mm. and there's a lot going on and this is one that is truly a sipping beer i mean it reminds me of like some of my favorite whiskeys in the sense of the longer you have it out you know the more the more flavors you get um mm. And, you know, I have to say, I think they do a really good job on these darker, you know, and higher ABV beers. Um, you know, which is something that, as a brewer, yeah, they can be easy to mask bad flavors. But, you know, with brewing, sometimes if you don't mash at a right temperature, you're not going to get all of those flavors out into the beer. Mm-hmm. And they clearly... They know what they're doing in this department, and yep. yay, um, because you're getting all of these different fruits in it, and it, it blows me away as you know as it warms up. But a nice compliment with the sherry cask, and um, this one I'm giving a four. Hey, four. Uh, uh, a body uh, should really, really not make, make that, that sound. sound. <laughs> I, I knew it. I was just waiting to see if you knew it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, so then number two B, B, of course, is the Oil of Aphrodite Rum Barrel. Mm. Now, this one, at first, I didn't like it as much. Um, It felt a little sharp to me, and it felt a little watery to me. Uh, A little thin, I should say, in the scheme of things. But, as this puppy has sat, I've been going back to it more and more. And um, I'm getting this, like... You know, the sugar caniness of the rum barrel. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. coming out, and it is just, it's like coating the tongue, and it's making all of the fruit shine now, whereas before, it was not the case. You know, I was getting, like, dark roastiness, but I was not getting any of the fruits that I was getting in the sherry cask. But now it's completely opened up, and I, that's why I had to make this a 2B. I'm really... 2B or not... Okay, but in this case, it is to be, because I'm really, really digging it. Mm. And this one, I have given a four as well. Number four, a body should really not make this noise. Really? What? Okay. Yeah. Well, nice. I was riffing. Okay. Sorry. Um, And then the last one, which is my true number three, is the Black Maple American Mm. Porter. Ah. Mm -hmm. God bless. Mm. Okay. Need some some pancakes. I know. I mean, I know Kendall and Reverend Mark have, like, you know, wax poetic about this, but I'm going to wax poetic about it, too. Um, A lot of times when people talk about maple porters, 
they're lacking one or the other part of that beer to make it a really good beer. Um, either you're not getting enough maple flavor or it tastes artificial in the mapleness. Um, or you're not getting any roastiness and all you're doing is getting like this, you know, sh- saccharine maple. This is a really nice blend. Mm. And as it warms up, it continues to be that really nice balance of of sweet and roastiness. And um, That's cool. So, as someone who has brewed some very good maple uh, beers, Juliana, that's right. I'm saying your beers are good. Uh, I know one thing we had to learn uh, as a lesson was that there are two grades of maple syrup, grade A and grade B. And the grade B is the one that most brewers use because it's less sugar. uh, So you get more of the unfermentables and the maple flavor um, can actually come out a little bit more. Yeah. And that's exactly what this does as I take yet another sip of it. Um, yeah, it's the true, I mean, I feel like I'm in Vermont, like, cause as a kid, sometimes we'd go up there and, you know, we would pull some, um, maple syrup, like fresh out of the tree from, um, a friend of the family kind of thing. And me, the dork that I am, I'd be like licking the tree cause I'm like, this is mm-hmm. really good. Wow. I've heard of tree huggers, but <laughs> <laughs> tree lickers, tree lickers. That's a new one. Okay, I like, like that. I was like six. What the heck do little, I know about this little stuff? Tree liquor. <laughs> yeah. But Kendall, what, what's the weirdest thing you've ever licked? <laughs> <laughs> Probably a tree. See, okay. right. not the only one. All right. I'm not going to ask Reverend Mark. He grew up in the '60s, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, they 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 still have um, something on my file <laughs> in my file in that, Metro. That, yeah, that has to do with something I licked one night that um, yeah didn't quite turn out the way you had hoped. No, but it all fit into the plan. There you go. And all washes out in the end, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, of yeah. course. Well, this one, I mean, job well, well done. Um, God, and it's still, it's lingering on my tongue. It doesn't want to go away, and that's so good. It is so, so good. Um, I've given this puppy a five, Dave. Oh, yeah. Five. Listen to that hang time. Give me three more. Exactly. I see myself sharing one of these with Bernie Sanders. Oh, yeah. yeah. In yeah. Vermont, you know. Uh, yeah, so did yeah, you yeah. see that they have those, um, isn't it, underwear that's got his picture on it as a fundraiser? <laughs> so. Wow. Yeah. Bernie boxers or Aww. Bernie briefs. Is there a market for that? <laughs> uh, hey, you know what? They're not going to make it if somebody won't buy it. Yeah. That was the whole question about uh, boxers or briefs. Yeah. And uh, when they asked Bob Dole that question, he said, depends. <laughs> oh, wow. Ooh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you just lost some more people. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I don't even know what demographic that alienated. I guess the uh, octogenarian... Conservative, uh, yeah. Although we may not have a lot of those listening right now, anyways. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, this has been really great stuff, everyone, and that's going to wrap it up for today's Suds episode. So we hope you enjoyed this episode, and you can catch all of our episodes, which we have many of, by the way, 
online as well as on SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, YouTube, PRX, and Spreaker, our native media host. iTunes and our own Android app are the easiest ways to enjoy the show on your phone. Just search for Sip Sud Smokes on iTunes or in the Google Play Store. Oh, uh, our um, sound or tasting notes go out on Twitter like all the time. <laughs> you should follow us at uh, at Sip Sud Smokes. No. <laughs> okay, so much for the responsibility for Dave. We love your feedback, and you can reach us online at info at sipsudsmokes.com. Do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode if you're listening to us online. It's a big help to us, and we get to see your feedback as well. Hey, Kendall, speaking of which, how can we find you? My wife and I have a beer blog, uh, beermakes3.com, where we talk about the wonderful world of beer. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at beermakes3. Okay, cool. Well, I want to thank all of our hosts for joining us today. Dave? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm just now reading the script. (laughs) Bye. Thank you, good old boy Dave. Um, the illustrious Reverend Mark. This was just such a wonderful episode. Talk into the mic, Reverend Mark. <laughs> this was such a wonderful episode. Sorry, I'm leaning I'm leaning back in my chair, so that just means I've been very relaxed today. This is Reverend Mark so, ten beers later. Yeah. So anyway, it's been wonderful talking with everyone. And good old boy Kendall. Good time as usual. Drink good beer, everyone. <laughs> Well, this is your one of your hosts, good old gal Juliana, saying thank you and keep on sipping. This has been a one-tan hand production of Sip Suds and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time.